0: Well, we have big news, dear readers.
1: Exclusive.
0: We're finally launching a Patreon.
1: Yes, so exciting.
0: Finally, there's a way for you to support your favorite podcast while also receiving exclusive bonus content that would normally be left on the cutting room floor.
1: And you'll also have access to content that might not necessarily fit with the View's topics that week, but that we just wanted to talk about.
0: Keep your ears open for special featured episodes, maybe even the return of the View theater.
1: Wow, so I better get to practicing my Barbara is what you're saying
0: so make sure you hit the link in our bio to check out our patreon and support your two fave podcasters
2: i remember eva you uh, directing grand hotel nine months pregnant with santi which i loved because it was the only time i could stand next to you and you know not feel completely inadequate
3: <laughs> oh and <Anna. laughs> yeah you, you
2: worked until the very last minute
1: God, let me get the fog machine on. <laughs> Hello,
0: legends.
1: Hi, beauties.
0: Legends, tricons, and everything in between.
1: <laughs> wow. First of all, wow. Let me get that out of the way.
0: We Sounds have a new theme song.
1: Like, I just got blasted to Chromatica and. I'm about to go to the club with my girls and listen to Boys, the Pharrell remix by Britney Spears.
0: (laughs) Yes, we are back and sounding better than ever because we have revamped our theme song. We had to get this track. We had to fly, got flew out to LA (laughs) and we had to grab the microphone from Nicole Scherzinger's hand (laughs) and say, no, this <laughs> one is for us. This one is not for the Pussycat dolls. <laughs> um, and so what yeah, I you know, actually
1: had to do was I had to put on a mascot disguise, go to the set of the masked <laughs> singer, and then rip the mic from her hand
0: and say, "No, this is our track." Yeah. But she had her pen ready, ready to sign the contract.) <laughs> <laughs> And we were like, we're taking this one because... (laughs) So that was recorded. That was a track that was produced by Cody Lee Curtis, who has music on Spotify that you can check out if you like our theme song and want to get your pussy wet. (laughs) Sure. So... What else is new? What have you been up to? I haven't... I didn't get to do the last episode with you, so it's kind of been a while.
1: I know. It feels like we haven't talked in months because we have
0: (laughs) We only send memes and then we don't speak.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about this today. I was like, I don't even know really what is... Like, I talk to you every day, but if someone asks me, like, how's Kevin doing? I look at our, like, text history, and it's, like, us speaking in memes and just speaking in the way that Sonny Hostin tweets by doing, like, this with the this. fingers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Obsessed with going, this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I, I fled Toronto. So yes. I'm in the Maritimes. Um, being uh unemployed if anyone would like to give me a job uh, because there
1: are so many there's so many going around these days
0: (laughs) i'm available let me know but yeah i left toronto in in june um it was very i just i i um it was a series of unfortunate events that Mm -hmm. led to me moving out of my apartment that i won't get into and then i was like i have no job um i'm living in coronavirus city uh i have no apartment i don't really feel like looking for one in coronavirus city right now and then i just i went to um the maritimes and i'm still here just chilling and You know, being stressed. What about you? I mean, I did ask you what you were up to, and then uh, proceeded to talk about myself.
1: That's okay, Um, because I am also uh, just kind of uh, hanging around and being stressed, but instead of having, instead of being, like, an hour away from the ocean, or less, like you probably are... (laughs)
3: Yeah.
1: Um instead I I have like a busy street and drag racing outside of my apartment which right. I can't complain about because you know I love but yeah um
0: Fast 9
1: <laughs> Fasten in, fasten in your seatbelt. Uh Yeah. But yeah, I mean it's so yeah, I just I feel like we haven't spoken in so long and it feels like the summer went by so fast at the same time you know what i mean it's like i can't believe that the view the new view season is already back up it feels like just yesterday sarah was leaving <laughs> now she's back
0: yeah well it was interesting like listening to you talking on the last episode because you like um like in the maritime provinces the coronavirus vibe is just so different than what it is like in a city I guess Mm -hmm. because I mean there's cities here but they're very small um because you sounded so like paranoid and like you (laughs) couldn't like you were still like locked down yeah and then I was here in Nova Scotia where like we didn't even have like a mask law for a while and like there's so few cases like there's almost no active cases and everyone's just kind of it's like just so not a thing here like Mm -hmm. it's very it's like an alternate world where it barely even exists so like people have social distancing like rules at like the stores and everyone has to wear a mask but that's it and there's just no one's really like concerned about it and leaving toronto where like I, it felt gross to even like go outside and walk down the street because it was like there's people everywhere. Yeah. And then coming here and there's like no people. <laughs> Chill vibes only. <laughs> it's a mood. Um. <laughs> just been like a very different experience yeah
1: i will say that like i think that i'm in the minority in the sense that like i still take it very very seriously i still wear a mask everywhere i go even like outside on this on the sidewalk like i'm still washing my hands and sanitizing everything frantically and i think there's like a very small group of people who still are doing that and what's funny is like I would say most people, at least a lot of young people in Toronto, are behaving as if they are in the Maritimes, (laughs) (laughs) thinking that they don't have to wear a mask and there's no cases and everything's fine. And so it's like, I can't imagine what it would be like here if our numbers were as low as they are where you are. It would just be a free for all. Like people, there would be absolutely no rules. People would be um, doing orgies on the street.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And that is definitely what we're doing here.
1: Here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, did you ever expect Sarah to be back on the panel by the by the next time we did this again?
1: It's like no. My normal side of my brain says no, and then the side that's like become accustomed to chaos and the and just everything weird happening this year is like Oh, of course, you know,
0: yeah, yeah, well, do you remember where you were? you tweeted about it so. <laughs> <laughs> about like it was only what, two years ago, yeah, that we were we were on the beach <laughs> on vacation, and we got the notification that Sarah was leaving the view. Yeah, from I was... We you- weren't
1: on the beach... Yeah, we weren't on the beach yet. Uh, I was. <laughs> Thank God that's where we ended up, though. What happened was I was driving literally across the country, and Katie, friend of the podcast, was in the backseat of the car and was, like, very, very, like, com- Only... Almost suspiciously calm, was like, Marie, did did you get a text from Kevin while I'm driving down the highway? i was like oh i don't know i haven't looked on my phone and then like her and my girlfriend who's in the front seat they both go like weirdly quiet i'm like what is going on and then they told me that sarah had left the view and they were scared to tell me because they were scared that like in shock i would literally like (laughs) drive off the side of the road (laughs)
4: Yeah. But it, it's,
1: it almost worked in the opposite way where I was so in shock that I, like, didn't, it didn't register until, like, two days later when we were at the beach. <laughs> and then I was mm-hmm. able to, like, walk into the ocean by myself and think about it for a few hours.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just remember being so devastated because we, I mean, we had a journey with her. Like, sometimes I forget that we mm-hmm. didn't really like her in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um we just didn't know like who she was or what she stood for. And then we obviously fell in love with her. It started in Disney. um, And then, you know, her beautifully sculpted arms really hypnotized you. (laughs) Um, And then she left us and it was like really hard to accept. But now of course that her um, talk show with Kiki and Strahan, is over there Mm -hmm. was room for her to come back to the view and i think it totally makes sense that they did this i think because she was still on contract with abc it's just like well and she was well liked at the view Mm -hmm. it's like of course they're just gonna slot her back in like it just makes sense especially right now where they're like at home and they're not even like doing the normal show, it just would be crazy to add a stranger.
1: Yeah, it's like, it almost feels, even though Sarah has been on the show, it almost feels like having a stranger enter because the show that's happening now is so different from the one that she left. So, like, even her coming back has been a whole different, like, shift in the dynamic compared to, like, last month.
0: That's true. Like, I did... I think I yeah I sent you an interview that they did with E. T. and Sarah actually talked about that and she was like, "Well, the show I left is like not the show I came back to because like I used to sit beside Whoopi and she used to crack me up during yeah. the commercial breaks and like now it's just like all they do is talk about the apocalypse and yeah. they don't laugh um, ever." <laughs> <laughs> there was a ahead of this announcement from The View, there was a, a Deadline article that came out, and I want to read a bit of it because there were some quotes from some of the producers from the show about Sarah's return. So it says, In an interview, senior executive producer Hillary S.D. McLaughlin said that Haynes is great in either place, which is rare to have somebody who is able to deal with such complex topics that we talk about on The View, and give a perspective that is smart. Does <laughs> she bring? I know. That doesn't, that's not what she, I don't think that's what she meant to say. Mm. Um, she brings a lot of zest into the conversation, in addition to being very relatable at the same time. And then Brian Teta said, Haynes brings such a thoughtful viewpoint and such warmth and energy and humor, all things that make a lot of sense to have her back at the table. And then it also says, which we now know anyway, but it also said that how Sarah would be the only co-host returning to the studio. So everyone is at home, except Sarah is sitting in the studio by herself, which is so funny because I can just picture her being like, oh, I'll do it, but get me away from these kids. (laughs) (laughs) So like, Everyone's dying to know, like, what are your true thoughts about this, Sarah being back? Because you were her number one stan.
1: I was her number one stan. (laughs) So what was funny was when they announced that Sarah was coming back, everyone was like, Marie must be so happy. Like, woo, Sarah's arms. Which was very funny to me because I had honestly forgotten about the arms like completely like my it was completely like eternal sunshine from my mind um i was happy but i knew that the sarah coming back to the show was a different sarah than had left because she had gone through different things since we last saw her and i knew that the show would be different so i'm still waiting i think it's too early to tell it's only been a week Mm-hmm. I'm happy to have her back. And I'm happy I'm excited to see also what it looks like when when Megan's on Matt leave, then it'll shift again too. So like that'll be a slightly different panel as well. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how everything unfolds. But as of right now, I ha I I'm, you know,
0: <laughs> we'll Why? wait and see. Why is that?
1: Why am I like waiting and seeing? Yeah. I think that the Sarah who the Sarah who won us over was um the common sense voice on the panel. I always found that she would always say what the audience was thinking or at least like what I was thinking or what we were thinking. And now it doesn't necessarily feel that way.
0: I think what's happening is like Sarah was our fun babysitter yeah <laughs> um, and we were in love with her we had a crush on our fun babysitter yeah and then she went away to college
1: <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> and she's she was like don't worry I'll be back and then she came back from college but like it's different now because she she went to college and she became friends with Kiki and it's like she's back but she's she's it's just the energy's different our fun babysitter we got a new babysitter Abby yeah it's
1: like she went (laughs) to college and started taking some like poli-sci courses and (laughs) getting a little too serious into like politics and using words like bipartisan or partisan and now she's not being the fun babysitter. But, you know, it's I it's, think that, it's early to say.
0: Yeah, and I, but I think that's entirely just because they're doing the view from home. And I yes. think if Sarah was there in studio, the entire thing would be so different and we would be like, oh, thank God, this, like, ray of sunshine is there. She has great chemistry with Sunny. She's, uh, sh- for the most part, doesn't tick Megan off. She... And and she teases Joy and Whoopi likes her. So it would just be like this yeah. all makes sense. But so because they're doing it from home and they only talk about politics and they barely do hot topics for some reason. Um yeah. it it just isn't using her the way to her strengths.
1: No. And like kind of to what you were saying because they're doing the show so differently now from home with a different format where they go around and everyone gets to do their like 30 minute like speech I almost felt like the other hosts are like annoyed at having another person because it cuts down on their own time to get their speech in. And it just adds. <laughs> they more. were so
0: passive aggressive. Like they yeah. welcomed Sarah back for like three seconds. <laughs> Welcome back, Sarah. And then they immediately went into the topic. Joy made yeah. a passive aggressive comment about five hosts. And then Megan made yeah. a pra- passive aggressive comment. So it was like, great. Like we're all happy to, have you back
2: so there's a lot of cheating and on top of that and i'll make this quick because the five of us have to talk
1: this is hard to sum up in a short amount of time and i know we have five hosts now (laughs) (laughs) yeah so like i think they're just annoyed at having less time and having to make room for another person which i get because it's a different format now than it was in studio
0: yeah well i think she's great and i i think like i actually think her she's had some takes that the other co-host disagreed with that we'll get into in a moment. But like, I think generally she has been great and she is good at talking about politics, even though I don't think that's what she wants to do. Um, And I think also like, just to go back to like the view in general and them choosing Sarah instead of someone else, like I'm excited. And I think this was completely the right choice. And I do love Sarah. I think like, would i have would i have wanted to see like someone more progressive or a trans woman or someone with a different background you know because that's what the show is supposed to be about people with different backgrounds mm-hmm. and different views so yeah i would have liked to see someone that would stick up for bernie when they're calling him yeah. a, a misogynist and and would yeah uh,
1: like it would be interesting to see someone who goes all the way in but Sarah's definitely not doing that she's playing more devil's advocate and and wants to hear both sides to everything and and that's
0: just her and I don't think she should I don't want her to change or do anything differently I'm just saying like yeah I would love to have someone more progressive and a different Mm. type of person on the panel but at the same time I think like in this current moment it makes more sense to have people that have chemistry and people that the viewers can latch on to and get to know and fall in love with. Like, I don't, I think the way it is now, we have four people who are not really that into being talk show hosts. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Megan certainly does not like being a host. She likes being a political commentator. Joy is great at it, but she's in a place in her life where she's not going to be doing any fun segments. She also just wants to do the hot topics and she'll... whatever. Whoopie (laughs) is whoopie. Sunny is a great team player and she'll do whatever and she'll do a great job, but she's better at being a commentator. Sarah is a host. She's a talk show host. And (laughs) if we want this show... To continue for another 25 years we need someone that we can just stick with and who will potentially be there for a long time and I could see Sarah becoming the moderator one day like being the Meredith Vieira of the panel like I see that for her because she's a host and Whoopi and Joy are not going to do this show forever. Just I just need-
1: wanted to ask, when did you get hired as Sarah's agent? Because <laughs> it sounds like you're pitching her for the show as if she wasn't already hired for
0: it. I'm just trying to explain, like, why it was the right choice.
1: Uh huh.
0: And I am unemployed. So if she <laughs> wanted to hire me <laughs> as her spokesperson, I'll do it.
1: Yeah, I I get what you're saying. It's unfortunate though that like all of those great qualities and strengths and skills right now aren't given the space to like use them all as much as before because they're not in
5: studio.
0: Yeah. Well, our listener in Italy um, had some thoughts about this and decided to weigh in.
5: Hi guys, how you doing? Oh, everything is okay. I wanted to, to comment on the new. Seat opening opening up soon. I'm very happy for Sarah taking back her place. I would have preferred maybe a more conservative voice, but she's fine. She's 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 such a you know she's such a light in this for the show. She's I love her, so she's okay. I was thinking about uh, um, Megan's position, now opening up. I have some names for Megan's seat. First of all, obviously, Buddy Vice. My second name is uh, Essie Cap. My third name is, uh, bear with me on this, is Janice, the woman who kept the lights on at Fox News. Janice Dean the weather girl she is fun approachable and she's all over the news with her dead relatives lately so I think she would be a great choice
1: so thank you so much for sending that in <laughs>
0: the thoughts on Sarah are nice it's fine I,
1: yeah <laughs> I love that he's like I love Sarah she's a light so she's okay it's yeah. <laughs> like and, that's me
0: <laughs> and then offering a suggestion for someone to fill in for Megan is Janice Dean perfect mm-hmm. I would love to see that I would love to see that it's really funny <laughs> I wanted to talk a little bit about Sarah's first day back more because it was not a warm welcome they immediately went into talking about that Atlantic article and she mm-hmm. ruffled some feathers immediately which was really unexpected not that she said anything crazy but just the way the other hosts like pounced on her as though she was abby was really yeah. interesting. so yeah they were talking about the atlantic article that came out recently that um basically claimed that trump was calling americans who died in war losers and suckers and he also it included like stuff about calling megan's dad a loser and not wanting the to support his funeral and not wanting the flags at half mast and these claims were made by anonymous sources and so that's what people have kind of used as an excuse to say this wasn't true even though it's like obviously he did say these things he says things like this all the time so they were talking about this on the panel and everyone pretty much across the board agreed that it was true but sarah was a little more hesitant and said we should take pause when it's an anonymous source because there's been times in the past where anonymous sources have been wrong and she just kind of had a more nuanced response but joy and sunny like pounced on her and was like anonymous sources are an essential part of journalism and and joy like scoffed at her and was like Sarah, you should care more about anonymous sources. Um, so it was just a really interesting welcome back.
3: Well, Do you um, have a different take on it, Sarah? I tend to think articles that are based on anonymous sources, although Sonny had said they're essential at times, I, being in this business, I've also seen many an article written based on anonymous sources that has made me very cynical and skeptical if that is all you have. On the flip side of that argument, you had John Kelly's chief of staff, John Bolton who's no friend of the president, saying this isn't exactly how it played out. So it kind of leaves you thinking that people are gonna see and believe what they want to in regard to this article. Mm. Uh, so I personally don't think there's enough evidence for me to, to base a, a comment on whether it happened or not.
2: Okay, Joy, what's, what's your take on this?
3: Okay. <laughs> um, well, you know,
2: it took 30 years to, for us to find out who Deep Throat was. and. Um, Watergate and Deep Throat, basically, uh, with the help of Woodstein, brought down J- uh, President Nixon. So let's d- go there about anonymous sources, because that's how you get the story, as Sonny pointed out. So, Sarah, you should have more faith in anonymous uh, sources.
3: Dear. I don't eliminate anonymous sources. I say everyone should pause in regard to anonymous sources. Well, there's also the fact well, uh, that Jeffrey you know,
2: Goldberg is an award-winning journalist, and we trust some of them, don't we? So, yeah. Okay, sorry. Well, it's the bread and butter okay, of, jur- of investigative to- journalism.
1: Yeah. So I think that um I think that because they've been talking about like Trump's bullshit for however many months nonstop every single day, they've all hit a point where like they're so tired they are not going to play devil's advocate because they're like it's a waste why even entertain the notion when we know that it's probably true, let's not even give him the benefit of the doubt. Where Sarah's coming in fresh Being like, I am gonna give the benefit of the doubt. I am gonna play devil's advocate, and they're all just tired and like they're like, no, (laughs) you know. Yeah. So it it was like that's there immediately. You could tell that they were all approaching it differently, like, and they didn't want to give time to play devil's advocate which i totally get because in the moment i was agreeing with joy and sunny but i can see where sarah was coming from with it and it was funny not haha funny but like like oh oop <laughs> funny in the sense yeah. of they this was her first day back and joy literally called her out and was like sarah maybe you should think about that and it was like ah. Uh... <laughs>
0: Yeah, Fuck. yeah, and and I think that's probably the first time ever that anyone has challenged her on an opinion mm-hmm. besides mm-hmm. Megan. You know, once or twice.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then, so after it happened, Sarah tweeted <laughs> about it. So clearly, she got backlash about it. Even though I didn't think it was a crazy opinion, like yeah, anonymous sources in journalism that's a normal thing and should be respected as part of journalism yeah but she didn't say it's not true she just said no i'm treading carefully Um, i think
1: in the context of it people and i get this like i think in the context because what they were talking about was like so horrible if true and because it really 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 seems like it is true that is why I think people were so upset about it, and the them being upset wasn't ab- wasn't about her saying that she doesn't trust anonymous sources. It was people assuming that she's saying that she doesn't believe it's true.
0: Yeah. So she tweeted, I am so happy to be back at the view table. What an exciting time to be part of such important conversations with my co hosts and our guests. I will always approach every hot topic with an open heart and reasonable mind. I won't let the f- uh, fury of our current moment consume my ability to clearly and fairly assess a story. If you only hear what I say through an us or them lens, then you will undoubtedly miss my view. This is who I am to my core, whether I'm at the view table or my dinner table. (laughs) Uh, Here's to a great season. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that was like Sarah's welcome back. It was like not, not a warm welcome back. And I think the way the show handled her coming back was really lackluster and not good. But besides Sarah coming back, like what are your other first impressions of the new season?
1: It feels like the old season, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. Except now there's a, a hint of purple in Pink. all of their backgrounds. <laughs> yeah. A which hint I... of, of pastel, which is beautiful, I have to say. Yeah. Um, But beyond that, it really... Sorry, there was a,
0: an emergency. Cut the cameras.
1: But beyond... <laughs> but beyond that, it really feels like last season... I mean, it's only going to get more and more tense, I think, as it leads up to November. So I hope that they can find time to find those more joyful moments.
0: Yeah, it's just like, um, it's just uh, like the fact that Sarah left the show and was able to come back to the show and they just inserted her old, uh, intro, the fact that they were able to do that seamlessly, I—it's not that I need them to reinvent the theme song. Like this season, mm-hmm. they can't necessarily do it all because of coronavirus. So I accept that uh, not a lot was going to be different. But it's—it's it's just that last season they didn't do anything either. So it's <laughs> like, you know what I mean? They got yeah. a new—they got a new logo. Um, which a lot of people surprisingly really wanted our take on the logo. Um, It's fine.
1: It's it's great. I
0: appreciate something new. (laughs) Let's (laughs) try. I did love, though, that like Baby Yoda is still there. He's been pushed out of the frame almost entirely, (laughs) but you can still see like the tiny tip of his ear in Whoopi's shot. Yeah. Love that. (laughs)
1: and the climber behind her is still there at least yeah let's take a second to talk about socks yes socks i get it you've been going around carefree in your bare feet all summer but as soon as that temperature drops you're gonna be begging to get comfy and cozy and that's where floor play socks comes in Floorplay Socks is a woman-owned company started by Janet Wright, a woman in her 50s. Hey, just like The View.
0: Floorplay Socks has styles and sizes for every occasion, socks for your friend who loves cats, Billie Eilish branded socks, Marvel Comics, the list goes on. There's honestly no better gift idea, especially when you have no idea what to give someone. They also carry super comfy boxers and face masks.
1: Right, and this is my favorite part. Their Stance Infinite brand even comes with a lifetime guarantee, so no need to worry about any sock destroyers. Visit ilovesocks.com right now and treat yourself to comfort and style. That's ilovesocks.com. And as a special gift to our listeners, use promo code DTV15 for 15% off your cart. That's DTV15 at ilovesocks.com.
0: So one thing I wanted to talk about is um, ahead of the view Premiering, there was this article that came out that really pissed off Megan. I don't know if you saw, but it was on a website called The Cheat Sheet, which is like barely a website. Like, it's just like... Like, it just, it's not... It's not like a real thing. Um, and so the headline of the article was, The View fans are elated for the show's return, but not for Megan McCain. <laughs> and then it says... Fans react to Megan McCain's return. It says, although fans are elated that the view will be live once again, there are some that are not thrilled for McCain. Following the announcement, the viewers let their opinions be known about the conservative co-host. Happy to hear that three of the ladies are back live. It was pretty nice having a break from Meghan McCain and her outbursts, a fan replied. When is Meghan McCain leaving? The View, get your act together. Meghan is hurting the show. Rethink your strategy. She is taking the show to the gutter. Not looking forward to Meghan's rude tantrums either. So annoying how she just talks over everyone, a Twitter user noted. Other than that, love the show and happy they will be back. (laughs) And like these type of articles come out all the time. Like There's constantly articles about fans hating Meghan McCain. (laughs)
1: yeah and by article like to call it an article is very nice of you because they're mostly just like three sentences repeating the same thing but using the thesaurus and then inserting a bunch of tweets (laughs) and calling that reporting
0: yeah and so someone sent this to megan of course and she decided to respond to it on her instagram which is something that she does like yeah. Like she, she does it like frequently, but she wrote on her Instagram this really long thing. It says, I don't normally comment on garbage written, <laughs> but this is an example why our culture is so deeply toxic for women. No man would ever have this kind of headline written who hosts, who co hosts the number one talk show in America that just won an Emmy for Best Show. Do better. Be better. Lift women up instead of tearing strong ones down. We are punished for being tough, opinionated, and not backing down while men are celebrated for it. You want to know why we still don't have a women a woman president although it's well past time because we raise women to be strong independent smart empowered and to speak their mind and then turn around and viciously punish them once they do and then subsequently proceed to demand they be more likable warm softer smile more and be non-threatening blah 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 well fuck that this is not about me but about the women coming up in this industry after me we should be further along than this we should celebrate women and differences of opinions and guts and grit but instead i'm supposed to feel embarrassed Well, I don't, and I love the show's audience who have always been very kind to me, even when they disagree with my politics. I know what kind of life and career I could have had if I had just smiled and never tackled anything controversial and stuck to safe and non-threatening topics. I could never. It would bore me. I... (laughs) I would be unfiltered. I'm just not that kind of woman, and quite frankly, not the kind of woman my mother and grandmother, who are both true powerhouses, set the example of who I wanted to become. I think women of all sides and political persuasions need to be speaking louder and using their voices more, not less. There's so many m- more cracks in the ceiling women are owed, and I, for one, am sick of us not being where I thought we would be in the year 2020. I know this is a soapbox rant, but forgive me, the world is on fire. I am eight months pregnant and like most Americans and heartbroken about the state of our country on all levels, including the absolutely unrelenting toxicity aimed towards women in the media and politics with no other agenda other than to tear them down. I will I'll, I also, I will see you back on the show. The eighth.
1: I'm, I'm so sorry. That was all on Instagram.
0: Yes, with the screenshot of the article. (laughs) Like, okay. She's not wrong about sexism. Yeah. She's right. But, (laughs) like, those articles are everywhere. Like, (laughs) constantly. And they're so Stupid. And they're always
1: on a garbage site that you've never heard of who are just, yes. like, copy and pasting an article they wrote six months ago and, like, updating the embedded tweets.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It just... She got pissed off. But <laughs> what I love... What I love even more is that after she said what she said, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden all of these other articles came out.
1: Oh, my God. That were,
0: But it was like the View fans rally behind Meghan McCain against toxicity toward women.
1: Oh, my God. Like an article about her reacting to an article about fans reacting to her.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So then this article just posted three more tweets in favor of Meghan. So it says, this wouldn't watch The View without you. I am a big fan always. I disagree with you politically, but, w- but watch you because I think it's so important to hear the other side. You do great work. And then the last one, I feel like if I was in the bar with you, you and I would be agreeing on more issues than any other. You're good. Oh my God. Don't listen to the haters. If
1: I was in the bar with you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but like, yeah, I mean... The, pe- the people that are like, we hate Megan, like, it's just par for the course that, yeah. like, those trolls are going to exist. But, like, at the end of the day, people who actually like the show want there to be yeah someone like Megan. <laughs> so, I also want to share uh, there's some new information that came out about Sunny's memoir. Memoir. <laughs>
1: What is this new
0: information? Well, I don't know if you saw this yet, but remember how Yashar was um, the one who broke the story about Barbara. Yes. Barbara Fedida making inappropriate and racist comments about Sunny, Mm -hmm. like when she called her low rent behind her back, I guess. Um, Well, now he's coming out with new info about Sunny's memoir, which is called I Am These Truths saying that abc news asked her to remove certain portions of the book that they felt painted the network in a bad light and this apparently was taking place during the peak time of the protests um like relating to george floyd and and everything and so he wrote in a blog like he's a reporter but he wrote it like for himself um In a copy of the book I obtained from a source, Hostin says of ABC's request, Deleting those passages didn't feel right to me. They were all true and were some of the battle scars of my experience. Hostin doesn't detail what exactly ABC News asked her to delete. My television agent and my book agent emailed me to express confusion that a news organization would try to censor a Puerto Rican African-American woman's story while they were covering global demonstrations demanding racial equity. Hostin says that after her attorneys intervened, ABC News relented and didn't fight her on the passages. I didn't want to believe that racism played a part in the revision request. We were just dotting some I's and crossing some T's. Then, on Friday, June 12th, I got a text from a reporter. And this is where he writes, That reporter was me. Oh my god. <laughs> I texted Hostin to let her know that in a story I was publishing the next day, I would be referencing racist comments about Hostin, Robin Roberts, and others that were allegedly made by Barbara Fadida, a senior ABC News executive and one of the most powerful women in media. In her memoir, Sunny Hostin writes about how she processed what Fadida allegedly said about her. I was floored, I felt incredibly sad, but I also felt relief. Many of the experiences I've had at ABC, including several described in these passages, that standards and practices at first asked me to delete, well, if the allegations were true, all of the dots were connected. My suspicions that I was treated worse than my white colleagues, the fears that I tried to talk myself out of, Many times, maybe they were true, had my employer, my home away from home, devalued, dismissed, and underpaid me because of my race. I had just read emails from them directing me to erase evidence of such mistreatment from my story. And if I'm being honest, I wasn't even angry. I was just deeply, profoundly shaken and saddened. So that's it. Mm -hmm. But there's like so many questions now after seeing this. Because one, what was it that they asked her to delete? Yeah. And two, was it the Barbara Fadida stuff and her reaction to that? Because I feel like that seems like she must have written that kind of last minute and added that into the book. Yeah. And then maybe they asked her to not include that.
1: Yeah. It could be that, or it could just be like a general, like frustrations w- and, and recounting of her own experiences of systemic racism within the company, which I can see them wanting to protect their asses and (laughs) have her take out. Like, I believe it to quote Megan quoting the movie contact it's Occam's razor. The simplest (laughs) solution is, is often the, the right one. Like I feel like, even though it seems so, like, um, weirdly unaware or oblivious of, like, how bad that's going to look, I can see them doing that. Like, I can see a company doing that. Not specifically them, but, like, any big company, I can see them doing that. Yeah.
0: Well, I just I just, am, I have to wonder, and I guess I'll find out when I read the book, but I just kind of wonder, like, what exactly it was about, mm-hmm. because... If it was the Barbara Fedita stuff, they did talk about that on the view. Yeah. So I wonder if the timeline was like, she wrote about it, they asked her to remove it, she said no, and then went on the view and they let her talk mm-hmm. about it because they maybe realized how bad that was gonna look. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. But that's also just very brave of her to put her like job on the line. To speak out against her employer um, In her book Because yeah. like, that could have had consequences For her
1: Megan kind of alludes to that When they were talking about the book um, I think it was in that ET interview I don't think it was on the actual show And Megan said how she had already read the book Because she's hosting that Q&A With Sunny soon um, and, Ma- and Megan said Kind of what you said It's brave for someone to talk about their experience on The View uh, and with the company now. because And she's like, because most people just do it after they've left.
0: Yeah. And that's why Sunny Hostin must be protected at all costs. Yeah. <laughs> also, I want to recommend, she was on Questlove's podcast recently, and she talks about... It's, it's like the most uh, I've ever heard her talk, really, about herself and about The View. she's not really giving the like PR responses and but she's not being completely candid either but she talks about like she talks about Megan but she also talks about like her life in general and like being Puerto Rican and black and she she just talks about like carrying the weight of her community on her back Mm -hmm. on the view and how she has to restrain herself on the show a lot Or else, she thinks she could lose her platform if she popped off. Yeah, very good interview. I just really recommend that. Yeah,
1: I can't wait to read her book, like to to see what the ABC stuff is about, but also just like in general to get all of that, all of her story. Luckily, it's coming out soon. Unlike Summer on the Bluffs. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) So. Let's move on to something else, which is I want to talk about this guest appearance on the first day back from my Avis on The View where they had Sarah Sanders on. Uh, so they had her on The View to promote a book, mm-hmm. her, her book. And <laughs> I don't know. Do you remember the last time that she was on the show? She came on with her, I almost said husband, her father, Mike Huckabee do you remember vaguely she came on it was like 2017 maybe and the co-host just like you know let her have Mm -hmm. it and so her father like started dragging the view like everywhere saying how like awful they were to her and then here she is back again (laughs) selling her book because they know that like that's a big platform absolutely the view is a bigger platform than just going on fox yeah um so so they start out asking Sarah about that Atlantic article again. And so Sarah Sarah Sanders mm-hmm. goes on record saying that um, Trump actually has great respect for the troops. And Megan's like, but he has an entire pattern of disrespecting mm-hmm. the troops. And she was like, no, 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 no. I was in the room and it didn't happen, which is so easy for her to say. Like, it's an anonymous source. Yeah. And she's like, I was in the room and no, it didn't happen. Well, I can't prove that you were or weren't because it was an anonymous source. Yeah. And then also it's like, does that mean you know who the source is? And
1: she was like sticking to the I was in the room thing because it does seem like such a great like uh, excuse to shut down everything else. But then later on, when they were talking about something that Trump had allegedly said while they were at like a he was at a grave site with some other man and I forget if it was Sunny or Joy, was like, well, were you there at that point, too, when he allegedly said this? And she was like, uh, uh, well, uh, I was not standing there <laughs> with them, but I have traveled literally all around the world with them, and I know his heart. And it was like, okay, but now you're saying that you weren't there, so like, you don't know if he actually said it.
2: You know, I, I just want to ask my planned question. I want to clear something up with you because I think I heard you say that you, you don't believe the Jeffrey Goldberg article because you were there. Is that correct?
4: Correct. The incident that they were specifically okay. talking about, okay. uh, I was there so, for that discussion.
2: Okay. Okay, so my question is, when when General Kelly was at Arlington Cemetery, standing next to Trump, looking at his son's graveside, and uh, Trump allegedly said, "What did they get out of it?" Were you there for that?
4: I was not standing next to the president for that. No. Okay,
2: so you. But so, I have stood so next you to the you president were there, but you were and in there General all the time. Kelly. <laughs> Okay. All
4: I, I right. was. My, I traveled with the question. president for two and a half years. I spent wait, more wait. time with I, I him than just answer. about anybody. And I'm telling you I that got I to understand answer, who Sarah. he is at his heart and how he's treated okay. veterans and how he has treated jump men in, and women right. of the United States military.
0: So then they, um, <laughs> they pivot to talking about police brutality and systematic racism, mm-hmm. per Sarah's question. Um, Sarah Haynes' mm-hmm. question. Sarah says Trump denies that systematic racism exists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you agree? And then Sarah Sanders starts talking about how heroic police officers are mm-hmm. and she's like, They're the first one to run into a burning building. Yeah.
1: When she's like, When a mother a is mo- when a mother <laughs> is getting raped, they're the first ones to run in. I would No, but she was
0: like specifically, she was like, When a mother is being raped in her home. Yeah.
1: I would love the proof, the evidence of the one occasion where this very specific scenario was happening and the policeman ran in. Like this is the rhetoric they all use and the conservative talking point they all use against defunding the police.
0: Police do not help rape victims. I
1: know, that's the whole point. And it's It's like crazy that's stupid. Yeah. Anyway, it's fucked.
0: (laughs) Anyways, so no one, she was just like, nobody's perfect, (laughs) like about the police.
1: Let's not forget
4: that the men and women of our law enforcement are the first people to respond when we need help. They were the first ones to run into the buildings on 9-11. They are the first ones to respond when there's a car accident, when there is a mother who's being raped in her home. They are the ones that come in and protect our communities. That doesn't mean they're all perfect. That doesn't mean that there aren't moments where horrible things have happened that should never happen. People should be angry about that, but we shouldn't attack the entire law enforcement community and make them out to be the bad guy when most of the people that serve in our law enforcement are very much the good guys that are protecting us from a very dangerous world.
0: So <laughs> Sonny just pauses and, and says, but when Trump visited Kenosha, He praised law enforcement and never mentioned or spoke with Jacob Blake, who's the black Mm -hmm. man that was shot seven times in the back by police. And at the same time, he refused to disavow the 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse, who killed two protesters. Mm -hmm. And she's like, how do you answer that? And she goes on this rant about rioting and looting and saying that Trump has actually been the leader on calming things down yeah. while Joe Biden has done nothing, which is so fucking stupid because, like... it's what like, is the goal to calm things... Like, the goal... You're saying the goal for Trump and Biden should be to calm things mm-hmm. down?
1: Well, that's, like, literally what the her and a lot of conservative people like want to have happen is like they do think the solution is to calm things down and so she kept going on and on about like how trump is actually solving all the problems and and if biden was president like it would be crazy but then sunny says what like we're all thinking being like This is all happening while Trump is the president. Like this isn't Joe Biden's presidency. Trump is the president while the fires and the and the looting and the rioting that you're so concerned with is all happening.
0: But also like the language of not saying protesting, but saying looting and rioting. Yeah. Like the vast majority is not looting and rioting. It's protesting and the violence is largely coming from the police.
3: Yes.
1: And Kyle Rittenhouse is the one who killed people.
0: That is the violence. Yeah. Um, so as Sarah's going on this rant, Sunny just starts going. Why not reach out to Jacob Blake? 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 To Jacob Blake? Because then- Sarah
1: was on one of her like rants where she's like not letting one anyone say anything.
0: And then she finally stops for a second, and she's like, "Well, he could." And then Sonny's like, "Why didn't he?"
4: Yeah. (laughs) President Trump has actually been leading on trying to calm things down and stop this. Vice President Biden has been hiding in his basement doing nothing. Why not reach out to Jacob Blake? And now all of a sudden, hold on. Why not reach out to Jacob Blake? The polls are turning. Why not reach out out to Jacob Blake? I, I think he certainly could. I don't have a problem with him doing that, and I think it would be a nice thing for Why him to do. Why didn't he? <laughs> it's
0: just really good work. It's like, like
1: when you're faced with someone who uh, who behaves the way that Sarah Sanders does. Sonny like broke the spell of not being able to like interject, and yeah. she was finally able to.
0: Yeah, and then this other part really made me laugh because Sarah sanders goes on to say how trump is empowering black people Mm -hmm. more than anyone else he's done more for black people than anyone else which is just so insanely ridiculous because he's an openly racist person so it's crazy to say that um and you can just see sunny her face is smirking Whoopi is making a stunned face sarah looks like she wants to cry yeah and everyone well, and then Whoopi, at one point just starts going oh my god oh yeah, my because god because it got to a
1: point sarah kept being like sarah sanders kept being like he's actually the best president for black people he's done more for any for for black people than anyone and it got to a point where they all of the co-hosts started going oh my god oh my god yeah
0: And then Joy is like, it's only an hour show.
1: The
4: worst places we have these problems are where Democrats have been allowed to lead. We're finally starting to clean this mess up, starting to make things <sighs> oh, wow. better. This is a president who has empowered the African American community. He's done more than his uh, predecessors. Oh Question, we have please. the lowest unemployment okay. for Black Americans, historic funding for HBCUs, <laughs> right, Sarah, opportunity
2: zones, criminal go justice ahead, reform. Joy. Sarah, it's only an hour show.
1: Sarah, it's only an hour show. Go um, ahead, Joy. <laughs> Which is yeah. so funny. It was like absolutely bonkers bananas. It's just,
0: I just can't wait for her to be on Dancing with the Stars. Oh my like,
1: god.
0: Um, and that was like how they spent the first day back at the View instead mm. of like talking about Carol Baskin being on Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about some hot topics.
4: <laughs>
0: okay, so one thing that was a big hot topic for them this week was talking about um bob woodworth because so he's an investigative journalist and he released these audio tapes from 18 interviews with trump that show that he deliberately downplayed the severity of coronavirus mm-hmm. and these were recorded for a book that he's coming out with i think it's called rage or rare it sounds like a gay club whatever it is uh i'm sure he'll be on the view to promote Mm -hmm. that um but so first of all i guess the topic at hand is like how do you feel about the fact that trump downplayed coronavirus yeah which like i mean how am i supposed to feel (laughs) like of course he did and we are we knew he was doing that
1: but the it's like even though we knew I think a lot of people still kind of sometimes just think that, like, he's not will he's not willfully, he's not purposely horrible, he's just stupid. Like, and I think that, like, that's a narrative that even the media likes to run with, like, making fun of him and calling him stupid. But in these audio clips, the takeaway is, like, not... It's- he wasn't being stupid. He was, like, purposefully lying to people.
0: So, first of all, Joy... Uh, started calling out Republicans for not like Republicans in government for not speaking out against Trump. Mm-hmm. And she said <laughs> I just wanted to note that she said Mitt Romney Mitt Romney needs to find his testicularity. <laughs> to which Megan was just like <gasps>
1: Yes.
2: <laughs> I would like to call on Mitt Romney today to open up his mouth because he's the only one we can rely on to even say this much. Okay, find your testicularity, Senator oh. Romney, and speak out oh. today. Thank you very much.
0: Oh. Right. And then Sunny uh, at one point asks Megan, um, what will it take for a Trump supporter to change their mind? And Megan is like, nothing. Huh. <laughs> and then she mentions about how we received all of this misinformation about coronavirus from Fauci or whoever. And as she's saying that joy is like oh please
3: <laughs> and i remember being told that master fine i can travel safely and the coronavirus was no worse than the flu for a long period of time so there was a lot of misinformation um i will say oh, that i heard that joy <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: like this is such a contentious topic for no reason
1: i think that I think the reason is like similar to the first time that joy called out sarah at the start of the show like i think that it the reason is like i the start of our show i mean um the reason is that they're like sick of it and they're like of course he was lying to us like and they're just like sick of the of the bs and the and the lack of testicularity (laughs) Sorry, there's an
0: emergency mm-hmm. happening. <laughs> Do you need to get that? <laughs> um, But yeah, thank you for bringing it up because that's the reason that I wanted to include this hot topic is because um, it's another example of Sarah expressing a different point of view than the rest of the panel mm-hmm. and siding a bit more with Megan this week, which I think really shook people, um, especially the co-hosts. Mm-hmm. And so Sarah says she's placing some of the blame in this situation on Bob Woodworth because she's like, if you did these interviews with Trump and you had all this information about him downplaying it, why did you hold on to it for so long? It's too late now that you're releasing it now. She's like, I blame Trump, but some blame on this journalist because why the fuck didn't he say something then? And everyone jumped on her she got jumped she got jumped
3: yeah sorry we'll be i go ahead I feel like you, you, you can't know this information and not say something. I know at one point Mr. Woodward said that, you know, he had to verify that it was all true. But every day people broadcast and they disclaim, we have not verified this with our own independent sources. Or there are tons of disclaimers, but I don't think I could have slept at night knowing that this was coming without warning people. Even when there's a fire in a building, you say, go to the exits calmly, but you tell them there's a fire, like you don't not tell them. So mm. I, I find that... Bob Woodward is, is partially responsible, as well as anyone else that was privy to this information and didn't speak up.
5: See, Let's and that's not what shoot I find the message. message. Let's concentrate
2: it on the to- perpetrator.
3: Sorry. <laughs> exactly. People seem to be angrier with Bob no, Woodward. Not angry with Trump, the very president, president, president Trump first with and foremost. The president. president Trump first and foremost. The buck stops here and it all trickles down from there. But I'm saying there's response there's enough to go around here, guys. Like when you look at what's happened no. in this country, I think anyone that knew and didn't speak up has something some skin in the game. But the pres why, why but, but, why but is Bob it, Woodward true it, to form has to it, verify we report. People. Bob Woodward, yes. has, as a journalist, That's has it. to I have verify enough. the accuracy of the statements. That that is true, and Sarah, you know that. And the other thing is, it was the onus was on the President of the United States to warn the That's country the about the global pandemic I agree with you. Sonny, that was going I on that led with to the you. death of 200,000 people. That wasn't up I, to Bob no, Woodward, it was up to the president. hundred percent, you I agree, had been a president, what would you have done? Okay, guys, done? guys, slow down, because there's too many. Say
2: one thing.
1: Like what she said, it wasn't, it wasn't unvalid. Like, I get it that, yeah, true. But also I think that like the bigger anger and the bigger blame is obviously on Trump. So like they all just didn't want to hear it. Again, they were like tired and they were like, don't want to hear it, Sarah.
0: <laughs> but I just, why is this happening? Why is Sarah ruffling so many feathers out of By nowhere? Accident, like yeah. And I feel like she's not, I don't think she's really changed. I think she's continuing to give like the most nuanced opinions. But everyone is just like... I honestly think is it possible that like they got so used to Abby being a pushover that they're just treating Sarah like Abby?
1: Maybe, but I think that it be it depends on the topics at hand. Like I think if they were talking about porch pirates and she was being more of the common sense or not even common sense but more of the seeing both sides and not jumping to conclusions person, it would make more sense. But because they're talking about a person who has caused the death of so many people who is so dangerous for the country, I think a lot of them are rightfully so, like, I don't want to play both sides. I don't want to play devil's advocate. I don't want to hold off on jumping to conclusions when I know that this person is dangerous and will continue to kill people if I don't say anything. So I think that she's coming in not getting, not knowing that that's the vibe now. (laughs) She's entered the party not knowing that they've, like, moved on to, like, arguing. (laughs) Thinking that it's, it's still the pre-drink And like You know she's <laughs> the Uber like The is
0: on the way Yeah
1: she like entered the party thinking it was the pre-drink Meanwhile everyone's already like called the Uber So I think that It'll shift as she Gets more comfortable And yeah. is like more reintegrated into the The like The round yeah. table of, yeah, of yeah. Discussions
0: Yeah like the karaoke room was booked for 11pm mm-hmm. and Everyone said we need to leave by 1030 in the Uber. And Sarah arrived at the party at 10 p.m. and opened up a drink. (laughs) And she's not ready to leave. And everyone's like, we got to call that Uber.
1: Yeah. And she's like, one more shot. Let's do a shot. And they're like, we're not doing a
0: shot. (laughs) (laughs) This makes no sense.
1: (laughs) (laughs) To anyone except for people who we've made go to karaoke with us.
0: (laughs) Okay, so I want to also talk about this topic about um, back to school, because, uh, sorry, I'm just uh,
1: Are those your birds?
0: There's a songbird.
1: (laughs) Is it literally birds outside?
0: Sorry, the bird just flew away with my microphone. I just got it back.
1: What is that?
0: Birds. Oh my so I have
1: god! A window open. Must be feeding time.
0: <laughs> are they not gonna stop? <laughs> Why won't they stop? <laughs> <laughs> They're still there, but I shut the window.
1: Yeah, it's not like it was before at all.
0: So let's talk about this other this topic. Um, it was about back to school because mm-hmm. apparently cases are on the rise of, of COVID among kids and college students and uh, they're talking about the states obviously but a lot, you know we're back to school here as mm-hmm. well and ev- everyone is nervous about going back to school because of these possible outbreaks and so we're talking about what do you think about sending kids back to school um, and I'm curious what do you think about sending kids back to school right now
1: well I think that people would have Had a shit fit if they hadn't have At least tried to send them back to school Um and by people I mean like the general public and parents I think there are good Um there are valid concerns that people have raised like about mental health and about how not everyone has the same ability to learn at home like some people's parents work all day so they can't be there at the computer with them some people don't have computers so like those are all valid and i hear all of those concerns but it's i also think it's like really dangerous (laughs) and i to for everyone to just fully go back um i think is dangerous and it has its own set of of complications and problems like taking the bus like what if you don't feel comfortable sending your kid on the bus like then, it, but you don't have a car to drive your kid to school then what happens like is your kid just not going to school you know so it has its own set of of problems for parents to deal with and i think yeah. that they started school back in a lot of places knowing that they'll probably have to go back to virtual learning but they just had to do it anyway otherwise people would have been really upset
0: yeah it's so like i don't have kids obviously and i don't judge anyone for whatever they decide is right for them mm-hmm. in this weird circumstance but um it's like there's two camps of people really and it's people who can keep their kids home and people yeah. who can't
1: yeah and it's like oh they're There's it's kind of like a classist issue, too, where like some people are like, yeah, let's uh, like stay home. But they're privately hiring tutors for like them and like their friends. And there's other people who are like, yeah, of course, let's send them to school. But the schools that they're talking about are like a private school in an isolated community where it's different, you know?
0: Yeah. But then there's also like you could almost also make an argument where it's like if you are a rich, privileged person who's able to keep their kids home maybe you should because then there will be less students in the school in general
1: it's very it's a very complicated issue it's just horrible yeah, it just yeah. Sucks, and yeah. the other thing that i think is like really really horrible and devastating is like the for the workers at the school for the teachers for the bus drivers etc like who aren't being given that choice it's mm-hmm. really horrible and for people in districts who aren't being supported by their district who don't who aren't being given the space the resources the money to make their classrooms safe that's where the real tragedy is to me is like they're setting people up to get sick and that's like really disgusting
0: well and also just like the way that the our we're not set up for this like society like we just not set up to we're not equipped for it right now because think about it this way like If you do send, say there's however many kids in a class, 20, 30, Mm -hmm. and someone does get the virus or someone's family member or a teacher Mm -hmm. gets it, now you have to shut that class down. All of those kids have to go home now for their two weeks or whatever, but their parents are at work. Are their parents going to get paid sick leave to stay home with their kids who are quarantined for two weeks because they came into contact with the virus at school like we're just not set up to deal with it but we're doing it anyway um there's also so as they're talking about like kids going back to school there's also this moment that i thought was really funny of everyone says their piece like sarah's like i am sending my kids back and Mm -hmm. sunny is like i'm not i'm 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 able to keep them home so i'm going to um and then Whoopi's like, Megan, did you want to say something? And you know how Megan always, like, when it comes up to a parenting topic for yeah. kids, she always, like, is like, freaks out. Yeah. And she was like, um, I, I don't have a child yet. Um, she so. was like, I'm
1: the only person here who hasn't given birth yet. <laughs> like,
0: it's okay. to yeah. like, say something. And then she's like, never, never mind. And Whoopi's like, no, like, say something, it's uh-huh. okay. And she's like, just, just move on. But
2: I think, Megan, you were saying you, you don't think it's, it's not just about the schools. You're not sure about well, getting well, you back can,
3: you can, you to business you and, saying, and all okay. the things. I'm the only person technically no, no, without I, a child No, fin- so. no, I did finish. Okay. Oh, okay.
2: No, no,
1: I was uh, finished.
3: Um, you know what? It, it's okay. Uh, let's move on.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> It felt so weird, and it made me feel like I had personally done something wrong, and I didn't know what I had done. (laughs) Like, I was like, "Why? what did I do to, like, piss her off out of nowhere? It made me feel bad, and I don't even know why. Like, I just...
0: (laughs) It's like you're about to have a baby. Like, that's a perspective. Like, you've got one. And it's like, we don't have
1: kids, but we gave lots of opinions. Yeah,
0: but for the record, I would never be talking about this if there were any other topics to talk about. (laughs) But this is all we got from the dumpster. Oh my god. Well, it was nice catching up, girlfriend. Yeah. (laughs) That's all you have to say? (laughs) That's all you have to say to me?
1: Yeah, no, it was good.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you for your time. So... We're going to continue this conversation on Patreon. I hope you'll subscribe. Mm-hmm. But that's all for us. Uh, make sure you're following us on social media at Deja the View Pod. Don't be afraid to leave a rating and review if you're listening on Apple. And until next time, have a great day and take a little time to enjoy
1: Sarah's Arms.
0: Hit it, Abby. That's all, folks.
1: See you later. John Hems the real job creator.
0: P-O-P-O-P. If Bob Woodward
3: said, hey, Megan, what did you have for breakfast? I'd say, off the record, Bob, no comment. We're bringing Huntsman back. Yeah. We're right behind this guy who's right on
0: track. Yeah. He rocks the awesome China policy. Yeah. The governor stands for sanity. Yeah.
2: Huntsman's